1: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Hour here on Sports Creator TV. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined again by Colin Drew. Every week on the Daily Roto Hour, we run through the main games on the NFL main slate for DraftKings and FanDuel. So big slate this week, uh, you know, kind of a kind of a gross slate, right? It, it feels like for me, calling any slate where the Chiefs don't play, I'm just like, well, what do I do? Because I just stack the Chiefs every week, and uh, no, no Chiefs this week. They have they have a primetime game, so we got to we got to switch it up.
0: Yeah, I mean this slate doesn't feel great. Hopefully it'll be better than that Wednesday football game that we had. I think I'm I'm good sticking with just Sundays, Mondays, Thursday for football. Mixing the Saturdays during the playoffs, I'm good with that, but that Wednesday football, I don't need that in my life.
1: Well, it just ruins everything. Like it's it's I think it's probably way better for like very casual NFL fans like, "Oh, there's oh, a, yeah. there's a game on Wednesday." But for us like we're messing with the optimizer. We're sitting there trying to get our teams ready. Like for me, waivers for season-long leagues were a mess. Like it's just a mess if you take football very seriously.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like this this COVID pandemic year, too. It's like football is like what keeps my clock aligned and it's just all right. thrown off now. I don't know what day of the week it is, but Yeah,
1: like no no Thursday night football. Like I woke up on Thursday morning and I was like, what I what am I even doing? Like if I'm not if I'm not preparing for like a a, a Chicago Tampa Bay uh, primetime game. And like, what am I even doing with my Thursday?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's like a couple interesting spots in this slate, I'd say, but um I feel like there's concerns about each one of them. So I'm curious to get your th- your thoughts as we get into some of these games.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's start with um, a pretty high total game being played in a dome. The Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. This is the Texans' first game without Will Fuller. Jonathan Taylor was activated off of the COVID-19 reserve list. I have placed him back in our projections as the lead runner. Still have Naheem Hines, clearly, ahead of him as a pass catcher. So let me just... This is... I, I actually do think that if you knew the answer to this question, it might be a million-dollar answer. Kiki Cutie or Isaiah Coulter, who... Uh, you know, who is really the beneficiary of Will Fuller being out?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's got to be colder just because he does profile more as that outside wide receiver. But even in, in that, I don't think it's something where he's just going to jump and take all those snaps right away. I do expect that he'll split them a little bit with Stephen Mitchell. And then, you know, Kude is profiled as a slot guy. Maybe he's he can kick out and play a little bit outside too. But it, it feels like, I mean... It's not going to be a situation where someone's just going to jump into 20% of targets. Like, Cooks will spike up a little bit, probably in that 25 26% range is where I would think. And then I imagine we just see a lot more of these tight ends. They've got four tight ends active now. Cahill Waring is a rookie that they were high on, or second-year player. Um, Then I think they'll work in a little bit more, too. So I expect to see a ton of tight end usage as well. And so I think Cooks is definitely there. But yeah, Watson's one of our top quarterback plays in the slate. He's been running a lot more since they dumped Bill O'Brien. And so he's a great play, trying to figure out whether to single stack him. Cook's an obvious answer, but to mix in another player or just leave it as a single stack, I think is a pretty important thing on this slate.
1: So I definitely think you do want to double stack because all of these guys are so cheap, right? Jordan Akins is 2,900. Coulter is the stone men. Cutie is uh, 3.5 on DraftKings, but even Cook's at 5.6 is not like expensive. Yeah. And so your upside obviously is going up exponentially when you're double stacking, but also it's, it's not like double stacking, um, Russell Wilson where you're right. using like, you know, not like an insane amount. Ima- yeah. Like literally Jordan Aikens and Brandon cooks is less expensive than DK Metcalf. Like you're able to do it and include, you know, some other, you know, obviously very, uh, very expensive players. You're able to play some chalky players there on the Indianapolis side. Um, I'm going to continue to go to the well with Michael Pittman. I, I think Naheem Hines might be mega sneaky, though, because I don't imagine he will be popular at all. But I don't really think we'll see much of a role change from him. And if you're stacking the Texans, you're obviously expecting this to be a competitive game. Hines gets his best usage in competitive games. I I mean, he's not going to pop really in optimals, but I do think Hines looks strong.
0: Yeah, I, I think so too. And I guess one of the hard things is with these different COVID cases in the COVID IR, it's hard to tease out who had COVID with symptoms versus just had the positive test or was a close contact. And so you can get the close contact stuff usually, but I do think that impacts, and we have seen guys limited in their first game back or guys that are kind of eased back in. So, I mean, Taylor should play, but they've been splitting it anyways, and it's hard to, to really trust him for a lead role. I think Pittman is the bring back option. And, I've been waiting to see some level of consistency as far as his target share cuz he he was eased back in at the first week and then you saw a spike week and then a down week but it doesn't seem like he's going to settle in probably as like 18% target share guy and at his price 4900 I think that's for sure the best bring back option on the slate. He should be a touchdown catcher too. Like it, we haven't seen right. spike weeks but he does profile like that type of player. Well, what's
1: interesting is it was not Taylor who tested positive. It was his girlfriend. So I I think that he, I mean, if he had it, he was asymptomatic. So I think it's like, whereas Hardman was, and Hardman did not practice at all, yeah. but, you know, Taylor, Taylor came back. He's going to have gotten a full week of practice in. Um, he actually finally had a really good game right before yeah. he went on the COVID list. So, I mean, honestly, Jonathan Taylor might be kind of sneaky in the sense of like, you're looking at guys who are going to be 1% owned who have 20 touch upside. Like, would you rather play Jonathan Taylor or Wayne Gallman? Like, I don't know. You, you probably might rather play Jonathan Taylor, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair.
1: Would you, would you play Trey Burton? I mean, Trey Burton now is going like Trey Burton's going to end the season as like the 10th highest fantasy scoring <laughs> tight end somehow.
0: I just, I mean, it's so hard, right? They, they got three guys that they're using a little bit. And when you're like the lead of a three tight end rotation, it just feels gross. And so that like the Colts, always seem like they're in a good spot every week and they, they've had a productive offense. They're always having, you know, totals between 24 and 28, but I still just can't bring myself to stack them outside of picking, you know, one offs here and there, Heinz, Pittman, something like that.
1: I actually, I mean, it's unclear how much this stuff is going to be needed because we should have, a, like, well, we could have a couple value running back options this week. We could have value Falcons wide receivers. We could have value Jacksonville wide receivers. Like, none of that stuff is clear yet. But I, I could see, dub, like, double bringing back the Colts guys. But moving now to the Las Vegas Raiders at the New York Jets, somehow an important fantasy game, right? So we have... Josh Jacobs, who has not practiced on Wednesday or Thursday with an ankle injury, uh, John Gruden said on Monday after that game that it was a legitimate concern. And then, you know, uh, Carr is going to project well, basically because the Raiders have a good team total against a bad defense. Coming off of his worst game of the year, he's going to is he will be two to three percent owned in contest. You're going to have non-existent ownership on Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, the the Carr stacks, and then the very very cheap bringbacks on the Jets. So they're all right there.
0: Buddy, let me tell you, somebody who stacked Derek Carr quite heavily last week against Atlanta, just to see Atlanta break the entire slate with their defense, it is tough to go back to the well. But if there's one matchup you're going to be willing to do it, it's it's the Jets. So yeah. I think people will still be fine going to Carr and Waller, but some of the secondary guys that people were already a little like on the fence about, uh, maybe less so. So I think you're right. I mean, the Jacobs injury, I think what we'd expect to happen, Jalen Richard has not been active the past couple of weeks, but he probably would be active, assuming he's healthy and good to go. Devontae Booker would play the lead role as the running back and then probably like a 65-35 split on snaps with Richard playing a little bit in the running game and then as the passing role. So. I think Booker. He's been priced up a little bit on DK, fifty-five hundred. Kind of puts him as a fringe territory, cheaper on FanDuel. I think more in play there, especially given the team total and the fact that you would expect him to be the guy that gets the goal line back. Looks.
1: Yeah, and you know we actually did see this play out last year. Josh Jacobs missed two games at the end. Jalen Richard stayed in the same role he'd played all year and then DeAndre Washington subbed in and played the Jacobs role, but actually in a weird way was more involved as a pass catcher than Josh Jacobs was. Um, this is not really rep- like it's not a hundred percent represented in our projections right now, but I think that Booker is a really strong play. Like I would be playing a more Booker than our projections and like he would be a guy I would play in like, the like the hundred dollar spy like yeah. i like i think he would be he would be kind of a core play for me even if that's not really represented in the projections
0: yeah and i mean i think he's probably not playing a big pass catching role anyway so um like yeah. i said i think a better play for me on FanDuel. i guess the other guy i mean rugs did lead the wide receivers in snaps last week which was nice to see that it wasn't you know it, it was always hard to, he's still not getting all the targets he did get a couple deep targets but i do think you can double stack car this week and i think Seeing rugs kind of play that lead wide receiver role was at least nice to see as the season goes on. Uh, always in New York, you know, in December, you're always going to have to pay attention to the weather at the Meadowlands. So I think that's something, you know, to keep an eye on is just the winds there it can get up into the, you know, mid to high teens pretty consistently in December. So maybe if it's windy, you don't attack the passing game, but I do like Las Vegas again this week.
1: Yeah, with players of uh who have at least thirty targets, Henry Ruggs leads the NFL on average depth of target. So like he does profile as that guy where, you know, if like literally if he catches three passes, he can be an optimal linus because two of them can be for, you know, sixty five yard touchdowns. So Ruggs would be the guy for me. Uh I expect that to be a Martin Gayling sort of situation where I just <laughs> keep playing him and keep playing Until him. Until the season's in. over. Right, exactly. Yeah. So
0: uh the Jets. Well, I mean, we got to talk deal? a little bit about them. Like Denzel Mims has been playing an alpha role the last four weeks. And I think with Darnold coming back, people were expecting possibly that Crowder would get fed his 28 to 32 percent of targets. And that didn't happen. So um, I, I think, you know, Mims price is still pretty cheap. And that would be one guy that you could bring back with at a really cheap price to keep the stack cost down. Same with Pearman. Um, And then I don't know, how do you view the last four weeks and how do you view Crowder as far as figuring out the right bring back for the Jets?
1: he's useless because like my, my thought on Crowder is he is a good fantasy play when he's playing with wind sprinters, right? When he's playing with Jeff Smith and Chris Hogan, it really opens up room for him to just get, you know, check down after check down. You bring Denzel Mims into it, who like looks like a real NFL wide receiver, like looks really good. But then, I mean, even Perryman is better than Crowder. I think like in terms of, of getting open and getting targets deep down the field. So to me, Crowder was like, you know, if you profited off him earlier in the season, you know, my hat's off to you. But I think the the time for that is probably past. Yeah, it's fair. Um, all right. Moving now to the highest total game of the week, the Cleveland Browns playing at the Tennessee Titans. I mean, <sighs> it, I don't know. It's just like, great, whatever. Derrick Henry, um, let him get 19 percent on, let him get 40 points and break the slate um, I like my angle on this game. I'm thinking of of just playing a lot of AJ Brown. I don't think he ends up getting you know like crazy popular or anything. Maybe Tannehill and Brown ends up being popular. Corey Davis does project well, you know, pretty much on every site that does projections. But yeah, I mean, I I just I can't go in with Baker Mayfield stacks. I mean, I would rather I think even do like Mike Glenn and double stacks. Honestly,
0: yeah, it's it's pretty crazy because the i mean the total like this game is really high like you said but we've got both teams projected for just above 60 plays both teams projected to run the ball more than they pass the ball and so you're expecting like these teams to run like the ball 30 to 35 times just right into each other yet somehow the game is projected to go over because
1: it's because the titans defense is terrible yeah and um like the titans i guess to their their offense is efficient yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it is. They just produce touchdowns like Vegas basically is buying um, that they are going to produce touchdowns.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I I'd, I'd like Corey Davis. Um, I, I think he typically goes pretty low owned. I do think they'll have Adam Humphreys back in the slot. He did return to practice off of that concussion. He's been out the past few weeks. So if things go well, they'll probably get him back. And I, I mean, I think stacking the Titans passing game is usually pretty contrarian because people are looking to them to run the ball. And so I think that's one option. Um, and I think Corey Davis is an okay value kind of regardless. And he, he's, his role is not that different from AJ Brown, even if the talent is pretty different. Um, so I think those are, for the most part, that's where I'm interested. Chubb's price a little bit too high. Um, and he's still splitting the carries uh, with Hunt. So it's just a question of if the game script allows him to run the ball as much. And it doesn't seem like it will here. Everyone else there seems a little bit overpriced. Jarvis Landry, a little bit overpriced. Um, Kareem Hunt, you know, maybe, but I think for the most part, passing on Cleveland.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I could maybe see an argument for like Mayfield, Hooper, Landry or whatever, because it's going to be super unique. It's going to give you leverage on Derrick Henry teams. It's going to give you lots of leverage on Nick Chubb teams, but it's kind of one of those things where I don't know if I have the heart to do it. Uh, okay. Real quick here. Lions at Chicago, the Lions have a team total of 20. The bears have a team total of 23. We thought we were going to get DeAndre Swift back, but as of Thursday morning, he is still not past the concussion protocol, still has not returned to practice. I know that David Montgomery is a good math play, but <laughs> I just there's not a chance, like no way am I playing David Montgomery. Like literally in terms of like bad running back in uh like at a mid-tier salary, I would rather play Wayne Gallman who I think can like bonk off two touchdowns way easier than Montgomery.
0: <laughs> I mean there wasn't a lot more tilting than like I've been playing, you know, from doing the show, I've been playing Montgomery at his cheap prices throughout the year. And then he gets hurt, comes back on the showdown slate and breaks it as the winning captain. So that was a tough scene. I'll probably play a little bit of Montgomery. I think you knew that one was coming. Uh, I'd say the the depth wide receiver pieces are kind of interesting, too, for Chicago. Darnell Mooney, 3400 If you're looking to pay up at running back and punt a wide receiver spot, I think he's got... A lot of big play potential. One of the air yards leaders in this offense. And so uh, potentially interested there. And then I guess for Detroit, I'm not really interested in their offense at all until we get some reports on whether or not Kenny Galladay is going to be back, whether or not Danny Amidola is going to be back. Um, it's a really tough matchup for them. Regardless, I do think on Johnson would have been interesting in a better matchup. But against the Bears, I'm probably off of Detroit unless it's, it's Galladay back. Are you ready
1: for a, a narrative to support your Mooney play? Yeah, let's hear it. About about once a year Taylor Gabriel would have a three touchdown game with Mitch Trubisky and Mooney's <laughs> literally just playing that role. Does that does that help sell you on Mooney as a punt play?
0: Yeah. I mean I'm in thirty four hundred and then you're paying up at running back. There's some good running backs to pay up for and not great running back values, so.
1: Yeah. Um I I I think maybe it's a little bit interesting also to play Cole Komet tight end has been so disgusting. And we yeah. saw the, we saw the flippening last week with Jimmy Graham. He ran more routes. Um, now I don't know how good Cole Komet is. It's very interesting that Cole Komet played tight end with Chase Claypool at Notre Dame. And everyone kind of assumed that Claypool would play tight end in the NFL. And and now, you know, he, he looks like the second Dominating. coming of Calvin Johnson and <laughs> yeah. Cole Komet is like having a hard time beating out Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller for targets. But and it just like in general, I'm just looking for tight ends who can catch touchdowns and Comet does. I mean, he almost had one last week. Like he does look like a guy who can do that to I, I think my favorite game. um, I'm just obviously a little bit worried about, you know, pieces of this game getting really, really owned, which is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Minnesota Vikings. I guess really, though, the only two pieces that should end up being over, you know, 10 percent or so are going to be Justin Jefferson for the Vikings and Dalvin Cook for the Vikings. I'm I'm pretty set. I'm just not playing Dalvin cook this week and letting the chips fall where it may, like if that ends up being bad, whatever, you know, I've lost a lot of money fading Derrick Henry. It's not really going to be all that different. Um, and, and honestly, I I love Justin Jefferson. He looks great, you know, whatever, but feeling coming back, I mean, Thielen will we how many times have we seen a player come back from injury this year or, you know, a game missed due to COVID or whatever, gets underowned relative to his teammate and he crushes? I mean, we saw this actually we saw this happen with Thielen three yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Like it literally has already happened with Thielen. I imagine it will happen again. Um, and then Kirk Cousins is is a huge value in our projections this week as well.
0: Yeah, the, I think the Cousins double stack is definitely one way to to get off of the Cook teams. And um, if, if you're doing that, you definitely want to bring it back with Jacksonville, because you are hoping that it's a game where Minnesota is getting behind or at least is back and forth a little bit. So you're looking at, you know, DJ Chark, if he's active, you're looking at Visca in that type of scenario. Vikings defense can give it up, too. So I do agree with you, especially in FanDuel. I think Thielen profiles is, you know, the the preferred target in the red zone more of a touchdown heavy player and and he does typically I mean especially with the run that Jefferson's been on, I think that he is gonna go overlooked out of those three guys. And if you were just to play like at minimum one Viking, one of these three players, Cook, Thiel, and Jefferson, you would just In be every printing lineup. this year. Because yeah. one every week one of them's going off.
1: Yeah. And I mean Kirk, it like Kirk like gets a lot of hate, obviously. Um, but he you know, he is a guy who like, he's like fourth in PFFs quarterback grades right now. Like he looks great.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, the, the concern with, uh, with Dalvin cook, I guess is the report like that suggested they may manage his usage a little bit down the stretch. And that's always tough to to read into. Um, they have been feeding him over the, like since he'd come back from injury, essentially, they've just been feeding him like 25, 30 touches a game. And historically we had seen Madison a little bit more involved than he's been in over that run. So, I guess that's the one thing that could prevent him from reaching like the true ceiling is if they do go back more to that, you know, two-thirds, one-third split, if they're able to get ahead in a game where they're 10-point favorites. And really,
1: Cook has been getting his production like Derrick Henry has. He only has, Cook on on the year only has a 12.5% target share of the Vikings offense when he's been in. Like, he's getting there on long touchdowns. Like, he he is. And, you know, at at 9,500, like, even literally even with one long touchdown it's it's not certain that he makes optimal lineups right because like sure. 25 can do it some weeks but not if like if james robinson also gets 25 Dalvin Aaron Cook will... jones yeah yeah um which uh, by the way james robinson i i just have been saying this on every show i've done this week all my written content literally just as a reminder to me like just play that guy he is he is a f- cheap every week he gets 25 touches every week and when he scores you bank and if he doesn't score he doesn't really kill you that much anyway he's had double digit ppr points in every game this year i mean he has just been a been uh like the fifth best running back in fantasy i'm playing him this week he's a core play like i just am getting him in and i just i, I need to just hammer it home to myself that i'm playing him
0: <laughs> i'm here for you buddy if you need to talk about it let me know oh
1: uh, it's so it's it's like have you been playing him i i played him last week for the first time ever i swear
0: yeah early in the season a bit unfair you're right. Not not playing him a ton.
1: Yeah, uh, and then looks like DJ Shark is probably going to be back this week. Um, so that takes a little bit of value out of the Jacksonville wide receivers. But Mike Glennon last week did look more capable than Gardner Minshew. Certainly looked more capable than Jake Lutton. Shark's 5400.
0: Like that's yeah. that's a nice price for a guy that can definitely smash the slate.
1: Yeah, and I mean i I think that I think that Keelan Cole and um uh lavisca Chenault are worth like you know little flyers out you know like i'm not jamming in visca but i do think he's kind of in play
0: yeah and, and that'll partly depend if chris conley comes back also then he he'd eat up some of the outside wide receiver snaps along with chark so i'll wait and hold on visca and uh keelan Cole in the slides is fine just not overly exciting
1: yeah all right the cincinnati Bengals at the miami dolphins sounds like we are gonna get miles gaskin back this week Ryan Fitzpatrick coming through is a great value in our projections as well. I think that you can double stack him. Um, no interest in any bangle. I mean, Brandon Allen, Ryan Finley. I mean, it's just like I even even Gio at his price, even Tyler Boyd at his price. Like I, I wouldn't even bring back if I was going to do. Yeah, Fitzpatrick was gonna ask about or, that. yeah, if I did Fitzpatrick and Parker or Fitzpatrick and Gesicki, um, I would act, probably because I wouldn't bring it back. I would only single stack. Um, you know, and use and find other ways to correlate inside the lineup. But I, I am not interested in any Bengal at all. Um, and really, and, but Gaskin, I think would be an incredible play because I think he would just come back to getting a full workload.
0: Yeah. What, what is his price on both sides? I was wondering about that just because you're right. Like he was very involved in the passing game as well as getting the majority of the carries. So um, it's a great matchup for running backs in general. And the offense feels like it's more aggressive and, Performs better under Fitzpatrick, who is expected to start again this week. Yeah. Uh
1: So he, uh, Miles Gaskin is fifty nine hundred dollars on DraftKings, like basically uh, making him look like a smash there, like looking yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. Do you have any? Do you really like Devonte Parker? Really like Gasicki? Any of those guys? I, yeah. I mean, I, I do
0: really like Devonte Parker. Just since the Preston Williams injury, he's become more of an alpha wide receiver, which is what we saw last year. So. I do think that Parker should project more like a true wide receiver one um, going forward. And, and so I like him, even if you're not stacking up the game, I think he's a good one off piece and a guy that'll be kind of in the five to 10 percent ownership range. Yeah.
1: Um, all right. Moving on now to the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, at what ownership would you play Alvin Kamara in like the power sweep, the the power sweep, like the hundred fifty dollar Three max on DraftKings. Like if I told you you can lock him in at point eight percent ownership, are you playing Alvin Kamara?
0: Seven uh, K. Mm. No, I mean point eight. I guess you're you're kind of considering anybody at that point. But I I think the issue is like twofold. One is they're not throwing the ball as much. Two, they're not targeting him as much as far as their third. He has a target. Yeah. And then losing carries to Latavius Murray as well, just because of the way the offense is structured. So, I like, 0.8%, I, I still, I guess, I just feel like the price isn't there. But at 08 you start to consider it. Um, but I'd still probably look elsewhere and just just figure it out. He's going to be, like, 5% at, at most, though.
1: Oh, I mean, even that would honestly, um, would honestly surprise me. Okay, Michael Thomas has, like, a 55% target share yeah. since uh, Taysom Hill took over at quarterback. This should right on the road in a dome. This should be a more competitive, a better spot. I mean, the saints literally did just steamroll this same Falcons team two weeks ago in Taysom's first start as a quarterback, but you know, what are we, what are we doing?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, Michael Thomas is going to be the exact same price. He's going to be almost the exact same ownership and um, he'll be 5% or lower as well. So that's like the Kamara thing. I think you will play Michael Thomas, get some contrarian exposure to the saints offense I, I'm curious to see. Like it like you said, it's the second matchup for these two teams. Taysom now putting more, you know, stuff on film. I'm curious to see how things adjust and how defenses are able to adjust. But I think Michael Thomas is the one guy I would kind of c- consider either as a one-off piece, or if you were gonna play Taysom going with him. And then the Atlanta side of things, it's just like it's a big whelp right now, just because we don't know Julio's status. There could be some value for the passing game. It's not the best matchup for them. And um, but I, I do think those uncertain situations could open up value at the wide receiver position specifically.
1: I think that is likely true as well. Um, I, I would be interested in playing Christian Blake, I think. No Olamide zacchaeus probably mm-hmm. no Julio. Um, that, you know, it takes a little bit of the guesswork out. I mean, maybe Brandon Powell comes in. No, he's slow. Like, yeah. Well, like we keep... We keep thinking that, like, we keep thinking that that they line these guys up in such a way and then I keep (laughs) missing, like, every week I just keep missing on who the backup is. I do think, though, that it does look like Christian Blake would be a pretty big beneficiary. He is the stone man. We could, you know, very easily see 45 Falcons passing attempts here. I would be pretty interested in Christian Blake.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, Powell's played 85% of his snaps in the slot, so he he feels like he's more of a a gauge thing, but like you said, we've gotten this wrong, like, three, four, five times this season, so... What's a six to add to the to the rotation? Yeah, uh, the um, running back. Man, I thought Brian Hill was going to be a really good value at four K last week with that late injury to Todd Gurley. I think the the usage was okay. Just nothing got done for Atlanta, and I mean the amount of like Falcons I played just to see their defense put up the performance they did. It's uh, it's frustrating, but I don't think I can do it at four thousand eight hundred.
1: I don't know. I I'm sort of thinking about it. So like, Gurley when he was healthy was receiving like a top five expected points workload. Like he was getting all these high value touches. The problem was he wasn't getting targeted that much. Cause he really can't run passing routes anymore. Cause his knees are so deteriorated. And Hill did start out that game clearly as the starter. He just played really bad. Like he was playing bad in game, like was not pass blocking. Well, he dropped the only target he got so that playing more, but I would imagine they do come into this game. Same thing as last game. Like, okay, Hill, you're playing as Gurley. You might get to run a couple more pass routes. You're going to get first crack at goal line stuff, but, like, you have to play well. Where Like, Edo Smith has been a healthy scratch this year. Like, it's not like they love Edo Smith or anything. So I, I kind of think there's maybe a little bit of flop leg with Brian Hill. Like, I'm, I might I might kind of want to play him on, like, one team.
0: Yeah, I think I'm off that one, like you said. I mean, who knows if they activate Quadri Olson as well. So that was what, like, pushed me over the edge to play Hill last week was just the two Thanks. backs active so unfortunate yeah. situation but what about we what about on.
1: Hayden Hurst I mean just totally disgusting tight end position like we we were talking about Cole Komet Hayden Hurst yeah definitely no no, no Julio no Olamide Zacchaeus, no Gurley I mean like Hayden Hurst can get 14 here right maybe yeah
0: yeah I think so I think he's fine for a one-off
1: yeah I mean this is just one of those games that like you know all of the history of new orleans falcons games you're like man i gotta find some plays here it's in a dome like we know there's gonna be lots of passing attempts but also what we saw last week is new orleans will just suffocate you because their defense is so good and they'll just run now like yeah. they'll literally they'll literally run 45 times in a game like they don't care so yeah exactly that's, and that's that's probably not great where
0: well, you're seeing the total down at like 45 and a half as well
1: moving now to the los angeles rams at the Arizona Cardinals. Um What's what's the deal with Kyler? Only 10 total rushing attempts the last two weeks, two straight losses. I mean, yeah, he's got this shoulder injury. Yeah, he's banged up, but he was removed from the injury report last week. I mean, I, it's certainly our brain kind of trying to find patterns, I think, with him of being like, oh, he gets this shoulder injury. But, you know, I don't know. I, I guess what's interesting is he is literally uh, number two in the NFL in total fantasy points, and he has this insane rushing floor even even Hurt, like, even in a bad rushing game, he's still adding, you know, two, three points with rushing. And my guess is he is just not going to be owned at all this week. Like, he just will not be played. um And you're getting an insane ceiling with him. You have very clear, like, it's literally just DeAndre Hopkins and Andy Isabella and Christian Kirk. The bringbacks are Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Like, it's all setting up for if you are okay getting $0 back, you know, just stacking Kyler and in his, in his stacks. I mean, it is setting up well for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, it is setting up in that direction, at least. Um, Larry Fitz on the COVID list. I think last report I saw was he was expected to come off, which that would be a little bit unfortunate, just because it's it's more exciting to think about double stacking Kyler with the Indians. No, well. I
1: won't. I don't. I, don't, I won't acknowledge. I don't.
0: <laughs> just <laughs> will pretend it's not going to happen. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, I mean, Kyler, what it was, he got 20% of the rushes the last two weeks versus like 30, 35 over the course of the season. They still ran the ball 50% of plays though. So it wasn't, it just felt like those designed runs were missing and that his rushes were more on scrambles. And I don't know. I, I feel like if push comes to shove though, and like they're on the 10 yard line, like eventually it's just going to like, they got to win game. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do think you should dock the projection a bit to account for that. Their total is. Low just because like the Rams have one of the top five defenses, I'd say, in the NFL this year. And they do have one of the strongest defenses against the passing attack as well. So I guess that is I am a little more apprehensive about the, the Kyler stacks. But I think it's a week where you get them at like two to five percent ownership as a as a whole. And I like Woods and Cup as individual pieces or as bring backs just because like it, it's the type of matchup where the Rams aren't afraid to throw the ball if they do get behind, and they could get behind in this game. And you know, a lot of the targets are funneling to those guys, so their prices are in that kind of mid-tier where you do need to hit that up a little bit if you want to pay up at other positions. So, one of Woods or Cup, no real preference between the two. So, do we think that
1: Kenyon Drake might be a play here? I mean, if they if they are going to kind of go away from the Kyler Murray rushing attempts, twenty-two rushing attempts against New England last week for Drake. Four targets, two rushing touchdowns, um, three rushing touchdowns since he returned from his ankle injury. I mean, he, he's he is pretty cheap. He, he is losing a lot of passing down work, obviously to Chase Edmonds. Still only played forty nine percent and fifty six percent of the snaps over the last two weeks, but I I mean, it, he seems like maybe he's in play.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's in play, like in that mid mid five k range. Like if you're, I mean, you were talking about Wayne Gallman. Like if you're talking about Wayne Gallman, you could definitely consider Kenyon Drake because. He is going to be the goal line back, and if if Kyler doesn't run as much in the red zone or doesn't run as much in general, then that definitely benefits Drake. Um, I, I you got to treat him like a one dimensional player who's not catching a lot of passes though, and I think that's that's what you're looking at there.
1: Yeah, well,
0: you're going to do your whole cornerback uh, bit. Are you not you're not scared about Patrick Peterson with Robert Woods or Cooper? Oh, Conley?
1: no. I mean, you got to be worried about Jalen Ramsey for DeAndre Hopkins, right? You got to <laughs> you got to be worried. So it's a lot of people. I mean, you know, you also have to worry about the Rams interior corners against Andy Isabella, which, by the way, Isabella should have scored on the on the Cardinals first play from scrimmage last week. He got um like one of those little jet passes that they do and he like sh- he got shoestring tackled and he like he could have scored and I would have hated myself for uh, for not playing enough A homecoming
0: game for him too tough scene
1: yeah tough scene well I I don't think Fitzgerald is gonna play or at least I'm mentally blocking it out and I am gonna be jamming Isabella in in this game
0: um hopefully Fitz is in that at-risk age group so hopefully they. Give it's him true some
1: right yeah he's so old <laughs> so I'm I'm with you there um, all right, moving now to the New York Giants at the Seattle Seahawks. So we've seen the Seahawks begin what we all knew was gonna happen eventually, right? Pete Carroll was gonna start doing his um uh, the the success number, right? I, we like to have 50 plus completed passes plus rushes, and that's the the magic number we wanna get to. Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson both involved last week. Hyde outsnapped and out Carson you know dk metcalf 83 percent of the air yards for them last week i but again this actually is a very similar situation to kyler where this is going to be like season low levels of ownership on russell wilson dk metcalf tyler lockett
0: yeah i was i was curious if people i mean between the two i would expect metcalf to be maybe like 2x lockett but both of them in that like four to 8% range was was just my gut on things and I think everybody's looking to pay up for those two running back slots. So this is a week we're paying up at wide receiver. You're going to get those guys at a big discount and and Metcalf has shown the ability to break the slate. It, like even some of his monster games have been held back and they could have been even bigger, a couple big plays, big drops last week as well. So I like DK Metcalf quite a bit this week. Um, I like Lockett a little bit as well, but if you're getting low ownership on both those guys, I prefer Metcalf. Um, it's almost impossible to double stack them. So that kind of like has me pulling back on Russ a little bit, like at his price, he'd almost have to throw four or five touchdowns and it's pretty tough. to. Or, or run.
1: He'd have to pick up his running.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's been like what in that 20% range, but um, yeah, Chris Carson back as well. So that is another thing that feeds into the narrative. He did play behind Carlos Hyde last week. Not sure how healthy he came out of that game. We'll be we one to monitor practice reports pretty closely to see whether or not it's going to be, like, another step up for Carson, or if Heidel kind of played that that lead role in the backfield. He was a guy getting kind of all the carries in the fourth quarter as they were grinding out of that game.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm 100% with you on that, Calf. I think he's, like, an insane leverage play because, like, he can just go and get 40. It's not, like... And I've also heard some speculation that Lockett is banged up since he got that knee injury that it caused him to miss practice two weeks ago. Then Seattle played on Thursday night. Some of the Seahawks fans I follow on Twitter were spe- like, are just speculating that he is not um, 100% healthy. You're going to see loads of people play Devonte Adams, so they're not going to play Metcalf. People never pay up for guys like Metcalf over Dalvin Cook or over Derrick Henry, especially on DraftKings. People don't play wide receivers in the flex position. I think people would even rather play Keenan Allen, um, like I just I just see so many paths basically to people not playing DK Metcalf basically like I I think he comes in as one of the best leverage plays all season when you consider projected ownership and ceiling. Yeah,
0: yeah, and for the Giants, I guess still some questions at quarterback whether or not it's going to be Daniel Jones who's back for this game or whether or not it's going to be McCoy. So I don't know. I'm. I'm interested in no giants. Gallman's got like forty nine percent of the carries the last four weeks. That is not enough for a team with the eighteen point total to interest me. So that mid five K tier for me, like it's Gaskin, it's Montgomery, maybe Drake. Uh, and I definitely don't think Wayne Gallman's in play.
1: Uh well, I mean you say that, but he's gonna score again, you know, because that's just that's just what he does. Um, do you I, I will say Jacob Hollister led the, mm-hmm. you know, had had more routes and targets than Disley last week. They didn't really need to throw. I well, really, they only just threw to Metcalf last week. I think Hollister mega sneaky, especially if you want to yeah. play Russ this
0: week. Yeah, that would be a double stack I would do. Yeah. Like Metcalf Russ Hollister.
1: All right. We have the New England Patriots at the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh the Chargers are either one point favorites or one point dogs, depending on what book you look at. Austin Eckler is like he, I don't, he's definitely the play of the week. He might be the play of the year at seventy one hundred. He came off. He came off of IR last week. He had a career high in touches. He saw fourteen targets against the bills. I mean, so I just you can't stop me from playing him.
0: Well, so he was the play of the year last week then because he can't be the play of the year this week. If he was the play of the year last week at lower ownership and a better matchup with a higher total. And all that usage. Yeah, Nobody but he, he, didn't, he didn't
1: get there. I'm guaranteeing he gets there this
0: week. I'll guarantee you, an Austin what, Eckler get there week. What's the, what's the get there for him? The 7100. He's got to get at least he'll, 25. He'll get he'll get 28
1: DraftKings points or more.
0: Yeah, I'll obviously easily book the under, but uh, I'll give you <laughs> I'll, give, <laughs> I'll give you plus 150 <laughs> on your yeah. over.
1: I uh, I just. I'm jamming him like I'm going to play him in the spy. I'm going to play him in the single entry stuff on FanDuel. I just think he's like just such a great play.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's a good play. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see the usage tug back a tiny bit as well. And I, I mean, Ke- like Keenan Allen's still going to get fed tons of targets as well. So um, Allen's price is really uncomfortable now. Um, so in this matchup, probably going to avoid that. This game in general feels just a little bit uncomfortable. Chargers are priced like a team with like a twenty eight point total, which is kind of what they've been, and it's down at twenty four. And then Cam, like not maybe I would play Cam yeah, nope, still nope, No no thanks. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no 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 thanks to Cam. I mean maybe Jacoby Myers is your Justin Herbert bring back if you are into that. I mean I I don't I don't um hate Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen this week. Like I I think they're fine. I mean, they're overpriced, but I still think they're like finish relative to what I would expect their um, tournament ceilings to be. Um, but yeah, it's it's like, it's like very much uh, like whatever they're... A game that is weirdly going to have a lot of attention on one side, but then no attention on the other side. The Philadelphia Eagles playing at the Green Bay Packers. Looking at quarterback stuff this week, I actually just expect Rodgers to end up being chalk because people aren't going to want to play Russ. People aren't going to want to play Kyler. People aren't going to want to play Justin Herbert. Tannehill is, uh, maybe he gets owned a little bit, but Rodgers is going to have that combination of the built in stack that everyone wants to play with Devontae Adams and, you know, high total, relatively affordable at 6,800. I mean, Rodgers is just going to be mega popular this week, I think. Yeah.
0: I mean, quarterback gets spread out a fair bit, anyways. Like you, you just named a bunch of decent options, Deshaun Watson, They're like these guys. So, Maybe he'll he'll get like to ten percent, which is reasonably popular for a quarterback. But we're not talking like a twenty five percent guy. Uh, I do think he'll be more popular on Fanduel, where it's easier to run like the single single stack with Devonta Adams. I think one of the things is, especially as you get like up in stakes a bit on DK, is double stacking with the bring back is like the GTO strategy, and so people aren't overly excited about double stacking Rodgers. I guess Alan Lazard would be the wide receiver too, in the offense, but um, you know he's priced like 5k like he's priced like a 18 20 percent target guy and he hasn't really been that good just fumbled it all to Adams I think it's it's a great week for Aaron Jones as well so I know he has been losing some of the work to Jamal Williams but that's not entirely different than earlier this year or than last year and so he's done you
1: you play Aaron Jones for touchdowns you're you're not playing you're not playing him for like 28 carries and six catches like you're playing him for three touchdowns in terms
0: exactly and that is still for sure in the range of outcomes against this Eagles team
1: yeah Alright, do you do you have any bringbacks for so, uh, No, for- I
0: mean like it's a disaster so we might as well at least go through it Zach Ertz is expected to be back this week so um, I think Dallas Goddard will still be the lead tight end Ertz will kind of like maybe split time ease back in with Richard Rodgers, but he's definitely not going to be in consideration and then I don't know what they're doing, like giving Alshon Jeffrey snaps over Fulgham last game. And, and so I guess Rager would potentially be the only guy that I think has like a secure wide receiver role in the passing game. That's probably going to see 70 percent or more of snaps.
1: Well, I actually think that as long as Ertz doesn't play, Goddard does look like Goddard looks like yeah. a jam because he played 100 percent of the snaps last week Um and is is. Now getting targeted like at his career rate, right? the, the okay. two games before he was not, but I think yeah. Goddard is a game of hurts.
0: Yeah, the Goddard's probably fine as a one off play, too, just because they, they should be behind and passing in this game. And yeah, I, I think if he loses his role at all, it's not going to be this first week that hurts his back.
1: Yeah, I think that, um, I think that does probably make a good amount of sense. Uh, are any interest in Miles Sanders at like record low, uh, ownership?
0: It man, I, I. Don't think so. I feel like, yeah, I, like he's slowly been losing a little bit more work to Boston Scott last week. And I don't know. I, just, I don't think I can go there. It, it feels like I'm just chasing a name at this point over, you know, chasing somebody like a running back with his splits against for a team with a 19 point total. He,
1: he would be the one guy I would play because Allen just like chucks the ball into triple coverage like that's like his move. This is where we wrap up our main slate NFL DFS discussion by giving you our favorite games to stack in large field tournaments on FanDuel and DraftKings. I am going to go with the Minnesota Vikings and the Jacksonville Jaguars. One, I think that the Jaguars have very good cheap options. James Robinson, DJ Shark, but then Keelan Cole, LaVisca Chennault. I think both of those guys are solid bringbacks. I think that gives you a lot of leverage off of Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins is rating very strong in our projections. I also think that Irv Smith being junior Irv Smith, junior being out is like a pretty big deal for Kyle Rudolph. It turns him into an every down player. He's a guy who can go from seeing like four targets to like seven targets gets a, you know, a larger role in the red zone, Adam Thielen leverage. Like it just, it's kind of, it's kind of paint by the numbers uh, leverage stuff. But I think that, you know, obviously really high total playing indoors. Like this is all very good stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Um, with that stack, are you wide receivers and triple stack with Rudolph, or are you going to go with like Thielen over Jefferson to get the ownership discount?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going with Thielen over Jefferson for the
0: ownership. Yeah, I think my favorite stack is going to be Deshaun Watson. He's a top quarterback in our rankings right now. He's been running a lot more since Bill O'Brien left, and I do expect him to utilize a lot more two tight end, three tight end packages even, this week, and so going with Deshaun Watson, going with Brandon Cooks, kind of getting that chalk single stack in there, but then filling out the tight end position and bringing it back with Michael Pittman, I think it gives you a ton of salary flexibility to work with. Um, you're spending on average 5K at the two wide receiver spots, getting a sub you know, 3.5K tight end in there, getting a good quarterback, and still having room to spend up in some of these upper mid-tier players at other positions. So I like that stack a lot this week. And even though Indy has the higher... Team total. I think the Houston passing game is the better side of it to stack.
1: Would you bring back in all of those stacks? Like, would you always bring Deshaun Watson in a stack back, or no?
0: No, I don't. I don't think so. And I wouldn't even always double stack him. I would probably set it up where I'm forcing a single stack, but using key boost to mix in some of these other pieces, just because. Yeah, I think that he can, or and has been generating a lot of the upside with his legs over the past like six to eight weeks.
1: Yeah. All right, everyone, we'll definitely make sure to head over to DailyRoto.com. If you are playing NFL DFS this week, we'll have all sorts of great written content to provide more context to the slate, the best projections that you can get for playing NFL Daily Fantasy, and the best optimizer if you are looking to get in lots of lineups. Uh, Everyone, thanks for listening. Good luck with all of your lineups and your bets this weekend.